Today, the House GOP announces an investigation into the Biden family. Nancy Pelosi steps down as House Democrat leader and Biden promises to strengthen digital COVID-19 certificates. We've got all of that and more coming up and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and it is Thursday, but it's not just any Thursday. It is Pat and Stu Thursday. So yes. we of course have Stuber Gear, host of Stu Does America, which you should be subscribed to not only on YouTube, but also wherever you got your podcasts. Also Pat Gray, host of Pat Gray Unleashed, which you also should be subscribed to wherever you get your podcasts. Go do it. I'm going to yell at you. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so angry. I think you should berate them. Continue. <laughs> should Continue, I? Continue, okay. yes. <laughs> um, all right. So... I can't wait to get your take on this, guys. Um, earlier today, we had some uh, some of the House GOP who announced, this is uh, James Comer, Jim Jordan, um, announced an investigation into the Biden family uh, as, of course, they are now poised to take over the House uh, Oversight and Judiciary Committees. Um, so I want to, I wanna, let's go ahead and, and play this clip of this announcement. Uh, watch. Whistleblowers describe President Biden as chairman of the board for these businesses. He personally participated in meetings and phone calls. Documents show that he was a partner with access to an office. To be clear, Joe Biden is the big guy. This evidence raises troubling questions about whether President Biden is a national security risk and about whether he is compromised by foreign governments. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality from human trafficking to potential violations of the Constitution. In the 118th Congress, this committee will evaluate the status of Joe Biden's relationship with his family's foreign partners and whether he is a president who is compromised or swayed by foreign dollars and influence. I want to be clear. This is an investigation of Joe Biden. So he went on to assert that the Biden family flourished and became millionaires by simply offering access to the family. And this committee says that they have uncovered evidence of conspiracy to defraud the United States, wire fraud, violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, money laundering, tax evasion and more. They also obtained several, uh, they're called SARS, suspicious activity reports. And one generated by J.P. Morgan implies Hunter Biden had a connection to a human trafficking operation. Um, this is, look, the, I, like, I'm not going to ask you guys if you are shocked to hear these allegations being levied against the Biden family because these are things that we've been talking about uh, for a very long time here at Blaze, specifically Glenn, who's done many, many chalkboards and specials on, you know, uh, the Biden family corruption, which I, I highly recommend that you guys go out and find and watch. But do you, I think my question is more, do you think anything will actually happen with this? Because I, it's like, it's a lot of, you know, it's not, it doesn't take a lot to go out on stage in front of a podium and have that like viral video moment where you're saying, damn it, we're going to launch an investigation into Joe Biden and we're going to take him down. It's a lot more to actually like go through that process and have the chutzpah to, to follow through because you got to believe that the White House, the Biden administration, Joe Biden himself, Hunter Biden, none of them are going to cooperate with all of these requests. So mm. what do you do? How, how, how do they how are they successful at this? 
Well, first of all, they can't really do anything but cooperate with the request from Hunter because they have the entire laptop. <laughs> so <laughs> well, that's like, true. you kind of have to say yes <laughs> at that point. Um, no, I mean, I think you're right. It's, under, it's understandable to be skeptical. And I think like if this is their entire plan for what they're going to do in the House, which is come up with an investigation on Joe and Hunter Biden, it's people are it's not going to be received right. all that well. There's go, it's, of course, going to be put through a partisan uh, prism. And, and I think like looking at this where uh, will Joe <clears throat> Biden be able to be the focus of this? He, he mentioned there at the end this. I want to make sure I'm clear. This is an investigation of Joe mm-hmm. Biden. And that was meant to say this isn't about Hunter right. and, and the prostitutes he sleeps with, which is something that is noticeable or notable and I think illegal. I, I think a lot of the things he did on camera were illegal. And I feel like I would get punished for them if I did them. I, I you know, mm. I get my packets pulled over every three days. <laughs> you know, he's just driving down the mm-hmm. street like five miles an hour over the speed limit. Mm-hmm. I don't know how these people get away with mm-hmm. these things. But like an investigation on Hunter is like it's one of the things it's a low hurdle for Republicans to clear. They absolutely have to look at Joe Biden and his, his business ties. If you go back to Peter Schweizer's book, uh, the work he's done over the past few years on this. I mean, he called Joe Biden the most corrupt vice president in the history Ever. of the United States. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, it, it, like what is lost is people like Jim Biden, Joe Biden's brother, yeah. who's involved in all of this stuff. There is a lot there. The question is whether you can get to the American people and convince them that this is just not some partisan attack. A lot of the attacks against uh, Donald Trump, I think, ran into that category where, yes, every Democrat believed them. Every Democrat believed he was a Russian asset or that he was trying to you know, overturn the government on January 6th or whatever they, they were claiming. But it didn't, it didn't cross the gap to the average person. Most people were pretty skeptical at attacks from the other side. You're really going to have to find hard evidence here. If they can find that, I think it can make a difference. And, you know, look, Joe Biden's already unpopular. If he also is corrupt, that's another thing, uh, another log to put on the fire as you're trying to look at 2024 and either him uh, or someone else running for president trying to defeat them. Showing massive corruption in the Democratic Party is a part of this mission that Republicans have to try to uh, accomplish as, they're, uh, as they take control of the House. It just can't be the whole thing. It can't be just, hey, we're going to have big showy investigations and then throw our hands up and just say, oh, gosh, well, we couldn't get anything else done. They're going to have to do more than that. But it is a big, important part of the process, I think. Yeah. They're going to have to really man up because the Democrats are going to do everything they can to get this stopped and say that this is all they're about is investigating uh, Joe Biden or Hunter Biden. And they're going to forget about the fact and not and probably most people won't remember that they did this every five mm-hmm. minutes, with which is Donald why Trump. it's so frustrating to be right. like, wait, we're going to have to, f- to right. field those because they sh- they're still doing it with the January 6th hearings. They are. <laughs> yeah. And. What was it? Was it the Heritage Foundation that found 857 crimes or whatever on that laptop? They went through it with Mm. a fine tooth comb and and Hunter was was guilty of 857 crimes. Uh, Joe was I think they they said he was guilty of six or seven felonies. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. Just seven. Uh, Yeah, just seven. Oh, seven felonies that they could count, uh, you know, just from the laptop information. But we'll see. I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Republicans, but. I'm hopeful. You're uh, more optimistic than I am, Pat. Yeah, you don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I, I just, I don't believe in it. Look, we have dealt with these, you know, establishment <laughs> Republicans. Even sometimes, look, I, I'm going to, if if it's between Ted Cruz and a Democrat, I'm obviously going <laughs> to vote for Ted Cruz. But it's like, 
Most of the time, he's voting uh, for things like sending our money to Ukraine, but, you know, mm -hmm. he'll get that viral clip of him admonishing the Democrats that he wants to post on Twitter and brag about. But when it comes time to actually do something, I don't see him really doing much. So I just I don't know. It just feels like nothing really is going to come of this. GOP is horrible at messaging. So mm -hmm. I think that we're going to see them not uh, not use good messaging when they're delivering this to the American people. And then we're just going to be stuck in some, you know, like the left is going to be accusing us of all of the things that they're doing. And the GOP is going to have done nothing to help us show like, no, actually, all of the things that you're accusing Donald Trump of being is actually Joe Biden. And we actually have the documents to prove it. Mm -hmm. But then by that point, no one's listening because the GOP has fumbled on the messaging so badly. Uh, and that's certainly possible. I could totally understand this skepticism. There's also a lot of reason to believe that, you know, showboating winds up being a big part of all of this, uh, which is frustrating to me because there's a lot of, you know, Lindsey Graham is a really good example of this, a guy who's a superstar and all the investigations as he's swagging his finger mm -hmm. and getting viral clips. And then he revotes like, I mean, CR conservative review ratings, like 54%. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so uh, like, uh, is this a guy you want? Like, you can't right. do better than that in South Carolina? Right. You can, get, right. you can always find somebody who's going to yell during a clip, uh, you know, but maybe get someone who has a decent voting record in there. Um, but like, if you look at, I, I think like, if you, there's only so much you can do when you're out of power, right? And Republicans can't pass anything. They are going to get stopped every time by the Senate. And even if somehow they got something through the Senate, it would be vetoed by the president. Mm -hmm. They can't pass anything. They can't even stop judicial nominees. The Senate is going to handle that, that whole process. So what they can do are investigations. They can pass parts of their agenda that they think are important to communicate to the American people and say, hey, if we were in power, we would do things like this, like uh, cut your taxes and balance the budget or whatever they want to do. You can do that sort of stuff. The other thing to think about is with the January 6th commission, I think the January 6th committee was a really a joke, right? Yeah. To me, yes. um, I got nothing out of it. And I, you know, I would have looked, if they had solid evidence that would have proven a case, I would have been open to hearing it. Like, right. I'm not like, you know, mm -hmm. some idealistic guy who's right. going to ignore every single piece of bad thing, you know, every bad thing that's said about Donald Trump, but they couldn't come up with anything, right? And I didn't think it was much of anything. There is some evidence, though, that that in certain places, uh, particularly in swing states, was somewhat effective with moderate voters and mm. in this past election. And there were some situations where you had people who were more on the like, you know, what, what the media would call election deniers, mm -hmm. where they were coming out and saying the election was stolen over and over again and making that a central part of their campaign. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to make it a central part of your campaign. And there's some evidence that shows in purple states they rejected those people. I mean, most of the people that Donald Trump endorsed in swing states lost. Uh, the overwhelming majority of them lost. And, you know, if you can do the reverse of that and say, put enough uh, doubt in people's minds in the middle to look at Joe Biden and say, well, he says he's a moderate and he says he's so buttoned up and he's a lunch pocket Joe, but he's also really corrupt. Mm -hmm. That was the feeling about Hillary Clinton, right? People felt she was corrupt. She was corrupt. Yeah. Joe Biden is corrupt, but Joe Biden doesn't have the stench that he should have for all the stuff that he's done. If they can just move some people in the middle, these things might actually be worth it. I'm with you. They usually blow the messaging on it, but I think it is worth trying here. I think it is worth taking control, looking at these things. Maybe you get a piece of information you never expected. There's a lot of people, a lot of his business partners, Hunter's partners in particular, yeah. want to talk out against yeah. the Bidens. They, they just can't get a voice mm -hmm. in the media. Maybe this gives them some sort of voice. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of the uh, the GOP sucking, yesterday, Ron DeSantis <laughs> was asked about a potential GOP civil war, and uh, he says everyone needs to chill out. Watch. Look, I think we, we just we just finished this election, okay? People just need to chill out a little bit on some of this stuff. I mean, seriously, we just ran an election. 
We have this Georgia runoff coming, which is very important for Republicans to win that Georgia runoff. I mean, I know around the country, uh, Florida was kind of the, the biggest bright spot. It was not so bright in many other parts of the country. Obviously, he's uh, addressing all of the reporters asking him about, you know, what about you and Trump? And, you know, obviously there's a there's mm -hmm. a big divide there. Trump's attacking him. I think mm -hmm. he's handled it as well as he possibly could have so far. Yep. Um, I love this guy. He, he's, he seems I really like him. very genuine and really yeah. good at his job. Yes, yeah. he, he is. He's, you know, he seems to be. Uh, really solid policy-wise, and he's he's really good at getting the message out, and he's not afraid of the media, and he can put them in their place, just like Carrie Lake did in Arizona. Didn't get her the governorship, apparently. But um, but for DeSantis, uh, you know, he could be going right back at Trump, mm -hmm. and he's not doing that, mm -hmm. and I think that's really brilliant. It's smart, because the ones who go against Trump like that usually pay a pretty hefty price. <laughs> So I don't want him to do that before, you know, let's not ruin him before he even runs for president. Right. Yeah, that's what I find so fascinating about this conversation is that you have to constantly remind people that, like, well, Ron DeSantis just won re-election in Florida. Yeah. He's not announced anything. Right. Why are we, I mean, I've seen all sorts of people say all sorts of things about, like, you know, you have to be loyal to Trump and he better not run. He, mm. Everyone needs to be loyal to Trump. Trump, it's, it's Trump no. to give or take. And it's like... I, I a, that's what a primary process is for, but also B, why are we even bickering and arguing about this? Because right. Nobody's no announced, one's but announced Trump. but Trump. And the more that we, I mean, like, do you think for one second that the GOP establishment and the Democrats don't love that you guys are bickering about something oh, that hasn't even happened yet? Absolutely. They love it. Yeah. So can we just calm down? Yeah. And look, I think. DeSantis has the perfect tone there. Right. He's done this. Yep. He's had a couple times to, to answer this. He's going to get asked about mm -hmm. it every single day. He's going to have to try really hard not to slip up and, yep. and, 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 and inflame this, this stupid battle. I mean, look, again, a lot of good things you could say about Donald Trump. He was the aggressor here. There was no, there's right. no reason for him to be attacking Ron DeSantis at this point. I understand that he looks at him as his main competition. Mm -hmm. and, and to be honest, he did it a couple times, and I haven't heard it in a while. So maybe he's kind of realized, eh, this isn't really the time for this. Mm -hmm. Wait till he announces. We'll see what's happening. Because you never know. I mean, look, the most popular governor in America two years ago on this day was probably Andrew Cuomo. So, uh, you know, a lot can change. A lot can change in a very uh, short, maybe two and a half years ago to get to that number. But it, a lot can change in a very short period of time. You know, you never know what's going to happen here. I think that it's, it's silly for Donald Trump to be attacking him because, you know, you don't want to. You know, Donald, one of the, one of the things that Donald Trump always said it wasn't always true, but he said it all the time. And and I think most people looked at it and said, hey. I'm on his side on this one. Well, see, he said, I always punch back. I'm never the first person who punches. I always punch back. And a lot of the time, it was true. The media would, would criticize him for days and days and days and days. Then he'd say, the media is the uh, enemy of the people, and everyone would get all upset. Or mm -hmm. you know, one of his other, you know, some, some people would be criticizing him on the right, and he wouldn't say anything. And then all of a sudden, he'd blurt it out, and he'd be the one presented as the attacker. And he's like, I'm fighting back. Right. Here he's not. I mean, there's no case mm -hmm. for him. There's no reason. Ron DeSantis hasn't said one bad thing about this guy. Even after being attacked, he hasn't said it but he's done something better than i think ted cruz did in this situation cruz attempted this line mm -hmm. and but what cruz said was like i love him he's hilarious he's great what what a wonderful guy i can't wait to give him a big hug next time i see him i know he called my wife a whore that was ugly <laughs> uh, but i love him i love the guy and i get why he did that right he tried to stay out of it hoped he got down to the last 
<laughs> I'm not sure I saw the, the horror yeah, uh, message. But. It was ugly, right? Yeah, he yeah, called his wife ugly. ugly. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know which would be worse. Uh, so... You know, I'm, uh, yeah, sure. You know, uh, he said my dad killed the president. Yeah. That whole like, thing. Oh, that whole thing. But he's great. It. Let's sit down. <laughs> and then, like, I think there, there's a. It, it, you come off as weak there. Yeah. What, yeah. what mm-hmm. DeSantis has done well, at least the first couple times, is to say, look, this is all noise. I'm not going to play into it. But you know, look at the scoreboard. I think we did really well here. Yeah. And that's great. it. It was perfect. And leave it. Yeah. And perfect. I think it's going to be hard for him to do that forever. Right. At some point, there's going to be a time where these guys meet up and they're going to be they're going to be critical of each other. But I think, you know, DeSantis has a has a is an interesting road where he can say, look, I like a lot of the policies. But like we saw what happened when we try to go down this road. No one can seem to replicate what Trump does. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's let me look. Trump's election record. He won one. He won one election. All of his endorsees have been kind of rough uh, in these elections. He won his first time. He lost the second time. I mean, it's not like he's not a juggernaut. And he's the only one who seems to be able to to win uh, with this profile. You know, there's something about where Trump just being Trump and maybe, you know, Guys like Doug Mastriano can't pull this off. Yeah. It's, it's going to be Trump or nothing, and they should fight this out in the primary. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of the, the GOP sucking, we've got more about that here in the next segment. First, we <laughs> want to thank our sponsor, Upside. So uh, inflation is hitting us all, and we're all trying to think of different ways to, you know, maybe cut back. Like maybe when you go to the store and instead of buying meat, you just buy, like, bugs. Because that's what they want well, us to bugs do. Well, technically they? are meat. I mean, if that's you, they're crunchy, but you, if you eat enough of <laughs> you them. you got to pick them out of your teeth, which I don't find right. to be too appealing. Mm. But you know what? Look, this is Joe Biden's America, and you got to cut back. Um, but in all seriousness, Upside is a really, really great app for anyone who, uh, oh, I don't know, does things like buys gas, groceries, or dines out, which is all of us. And so now you're not having to cut back because you're getting cash back on every purchase. Um I'm when I actually I'm on empty almost in my car. So when I get in my car to go home, I get I go on my app. I search for the deals at gas stations around me on my way home. I'm going to stop there and I'm going to know that when I check in at that gas station, I'm going to be receiving cash back on something that I had to purchase Anyway, this is a no-brainer. Go download the free Upside app and use promo code NEWS to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That is $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code NEWS. Really sad news, guys. Um, Earlier today, Nancy Pelosi said that she will step aside as oh, no. the House Democrat no, leader at the end of oh, the no. 117th Congress watch. My friends, no matter what title you all, my colleagues have bestowed upon me, speaker, <laughs> leader, whip, there is no greater Witch. official honor for me <laughs> than to stand on this floor and to speak for the people oh. of San Francisco. <laughs> this I will continue to do as a member of the House, speaking for the people of San Francisco, serving the great state of California, and defending our Constitution. And with great confidence in our caucus, I will not seek re-election to Democratic leadership in the next Congress. For me, the hours come for a new generation to lead the Democratic caucus that I so deeply respect. Boy, those S's are hard. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's actually mean, mean for her that she came from San Francisco. There's so many S's San Francisco. I've had such a great success serving on the House floor. 
I say she's gonna step aside. You're better at Nancy Pelosi than she is. Than Nancy? Yes, <laughs> by far. Uh-huh. Um, so, okay, Democrat caucus chair uh, Hakeem Jeffries is seen by many colleagues as her natural successor, but uh, reports say that Adam Schiff is also vying for the position, which, mm. I can't believe Adam Schiff would want more power and more, oh, more camera no. time. I'm surprised, surprised to hear that. That's very, very surprising. Stop that. Yeah. Um, so how sad are we? Uh, very, oh. very sad. I mean, I know you're sad. You've mm. got the incredible Nancy Pelosi impression. I am what are you really sad. Do she, I mean, she'll still be there, she'll but she's not going to. Yeah. yeah, but she's not going to be speaking as much. That's so very that's, hard. That messes up my content. I will say, uh, I, I am as a, as the purveyor of Nancy Pelosi sucks pens. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little yeah. concerned. We actually did come up with the promo code by Nancy B Y E Nancy uh, for twenty five percent off if you want one. They are in stock right now. They've come in and out of stock many times. Nancy Pelosi sucks pen. So I am, look, as a person who's paying for both of my kids' colleges with Nancy Pelosi sucks pens, I'm a little (laughs) concerned about this development. I really wanted her to be around forever. Uh, yeah. But look, you know, she, she basically has been because she's like 150 years old. I know. So. I mean, she's older than Biden. She's preserved. By what? She's, four years? Three yeah, years? Yeah, she's 82. She's preserved in vodka. 82. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, does, she, does she get Botox in her tongue? Because <laughs> I think be that what might be is. what's happening. That might it, be what it is. It's just not moving around as fast as it's supposed to. It gets kind of puffy. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, also the, the teeth falling out is probably part of the, the problem as well. Mm. You know, you, yeah, I, I would be. imagine that it would be very hard to talk when you're just trying to keep your teeth from falling. <laughs> Probably very difficult. I mean, I wouldn't know. I like that she's, just she's like, this is the hour. This is the time to turn it over to the next generation. At 82, that's the time. <laughs> I just want to make sure I understand the line here. <laughs> and it, the good thing we can all unite on is she's going out with a loss. And, mm-hmm. and while this election did not feel so good and we didn't get all the things that we wanted, we didn't get all the bright and shiny toys, we do get to send Nancy Pelosi packing with a giant L on her forehead. That's yeah, true. That's kind of nice. Uh, that, that's true. Yeah, that helps. Uh, but, yeah, I'm glad she's turning it over to the younger generation, Adam Schiff, <laughs> who's <laughs> only, like, 81. 76. <laughs> what, how old is that? I don't know. 52. We should look that up. I'll look it up. Jeffries is 52. Jeffries is 52. That would be, a, I mean, that's a big yeah. change, right? Yeah, it's a big difference. But uh, Schiff is also looking at replacing Dianne Feinstein. 62 is Which Schiff. is a little premature because Dianne has some good years left in her. <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> We're, you know, don't diminish my dementia-garky that we got going on here because I'm loving the Biden dementia, the Feinstein dementia. You got Nancy who's got dementia. John Fetterman's about to join. Fetterman's about to join the club. It's not dementia, but it's a form. It's very close. We could have a full-fledged dementia-garky in place (laughs) very soon, and I'm excited about it. Um, I, I want to, you know, we're kind of crapping on Democrats here. I'd like to switch gears and crap on Republicans a little bit. Mm. So yesterday, I I mentioned before the break that we would talk more about the GOP sucking. Uh, Yesterday, the Respect for Marriage Act, which would codify same-sex marriage protections into law, passed a procedural vote with the support of 12 Republican senators. This is Roy Blunt, Richard Burr. To me, all of the likely suspects, I think. Um, Shelley Moore, uh, Capito, Susan Collins, Todd Young, Joni Ernst. That one I was a little surprised at. Uh, Cynthia Mm -hmm. Loomis, Lisa Lisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, Mitt Romney, Dan Sullivan, and Tom Tillis. 
Um, so this is obviously going to repeal the Defense of Marriage Act um, that legally defined marriage as one man and one woman. Mm. Um, it's not even in effect right now, which should be clear. Right? That's it's what, doing right. It's not doing yeah, anything yeah. because of the, the Supreme Court. But um, their senior counsel with Alliance Defending Freedom, Greg Baylor, said the bill gives the IRS one more building block in its case to take away the taxes and status of nonprofits that hold traditional views on marriage. And it creates a threat to religious social service agencies that work with the government and could affect how religious freedom cases are analyzed more broadly. I know that Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, um, agrees with this analysis to the extent that he mm -hmm. drafted a, an, what was it, like an amendment um, to, to kind of tack on there that would make sure that if this passes, that all of these, you know, um, religious organizations were protected. And of course, that was rejected. So, Yay! I'm so glad we have the conservatives in office that we need to uh, defend ourselves from all of this big government and wokeism. I'm really, really excited about that. That's <laughs> really impressive. I mean, this is, of course, the Republicans are getting what they want here, which is they don't want to have to be asked about this anymore, mm -hmm. right? So they want to be able to pass this so that people can't say, well, what about the Supreme Court overturning it? And what about this? And what? So they want to be able to say, no, guys, I swear, like, I look, they've already passed this law. They want it off the table so they don't have to talk about it anymore. Of course, Democrats... If I was a Democrat, I think I would want this because, uh, first of all, I would have no idea what the Constitution is. But secondly, you know, there is it's a very silly thing to be worried about. No one is in the process of taking away gay marriage right now. Uh, Clarence Thomas, they, they keep citing this mm -hmm. one part of his uh, op a concurring opinion where he said, look, we it, the, the foundation this decision was built on is insane. It's the same thing we're saying right now about Roe versus Wade, yep. and it applies to these other cases. I think we should look at those. Literally no one else joined that opinion. And who the hell has been clamoring for an end to interracial marriage? When, who has ever even said anything about it? Why is that included? It's just bizarre. Well, because they think it's, bizarre. it's on that same, because it's, right. it comes under that same judicial philosophy. And, and look, the, it's not the point of the of the thing, right? It's about how the process went Correct. to get that thing Correct. instituted, Correct. And, mm -hmm. and so it's not that you're anti that right, thing, exactly, right. right? Like you, you could be, like there are many legal scholars who think gay marriage is fantastic, but also think Obergefell was a was mm -hmm. a disaster legally. Mm -hmm. That's a totally okay thing to think. It's a, what a lot of people thought about Roe versus Wade. Get these things done the right way is probably the right way to to do this. And of course, I don't know why there's any federal marriage stat statutes. What does a federal government have to yeah. That's, at all. And that's my Asinine. problem with it is that you got all of, of these Republicans yeah. who are just totally mm -hmm. okay with the government being involved in. I mean, I thought yeah. it was BS that I had to go pay for a marriage license in my county. Totally. Like, and there were 13 of them. Of what value yeah. did you get from that? Nothing. Right. nothing. Exactly. I got nothing from that. It's got no, it's no piece. No, I never remember like, remember that time, honey, we went down to the, <laughs> we got that whole piece of paper from the we Connecticut for a post piece of office paper? or whatever we got it. No, mm -hmm. who cares? Um, so I think that there's a, uh, there's a, uh, an interesting part of this where like, I can understand why both sides are doing it um but it's obviously it, it, it's not on the borderline no one's thinking about the, the no. other one they will say is um uh contraception mm -hmm. you know the same because it's yeah. under that same right. uh, judicial philosophy that kind so of we're going to codify a contraception in federal law <laughs> right. too. i think yes. they i think they will i think they'll try well, that we will and, so and look there's be mm -hmm. no opposition to it really right like no one's going to be like oh gosh no you can't have contraception there's no one doing that what republicans want is to get rid of the argument right yeah. there every single election they're said this person wants to take away gay marriage they always say that and they want to get rid of the 
argument. That's not a good idea. That's not how you pass laws, though. No. Just because you don't want to be bothered with a dumb argument, you shouldn't be passing laws. Yeah, because you don't want to actually like get ahead of the messaging and explain that, no, it's actually bigger than that. It goes deeper than that. This is what the, the, the real problem is. They just roll over and just mm. let them do whatever they want. It's so freaking frustrating. And yet, say. They can, nobody can tell us who to love, but they can tell you how many you can love. Mm. Right. When are we going to stop that madness? It's coming soon. To when can I marry five or six or 12 women if I want to? Mm. Or, you know, three women and three or four men at the right. same time. Why would you, seriously, why would you, sense. why would you limit that number? If you can't control who you love, why shouldn't you be able to love several people? Or like, like, for, like people talk about, like Nick quite. Cannon has had like eleven kids in the last three months. Yeah, uh, marry know, all those wives. Right, yeah. He can, or you know, we mothers would, at least. It's completely okay, completely legal. Many times praised yeah. mm -hmm. if you don't get married. Right. But mm -hmm. if you do get married, it's illegal, and everyone thinks it's terrible. Like that's not going to yeah. last, right? Yeah. Like there's no, there's no way this stuff. This there's no consistency yeah. here. Uh, all right, we got to take another quick break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Bank on Yourself. So look, if you have a four hundred one k or IRA similar retirement plan, which everyone should have some sort of plan, uh, we don't realize is the government actually controls it, not you. They're going to decide how much you can borrow, when you can pay it back. And then, of course, if you take it out too soon or wait too long, you're going to owe taxes and penalties, even though this is your money that you have earned. Bank on yourself is a better way to grow and protect your hard-earned money. And uh, this retirement plan alternative has never had a losing year in over 160 years. I certainly would trust that much better than uh, the Biden administration and economy and what they are doing to your 401k or IRA. Uh, you're also going to get tax-free retirement income and built-in inflation protection. Your money is guaranteed to grow by a larger dollar amount every single year in both good times and bad. You can get a free report with all of the details of how they're going to do this over at bankonyourself.com matters. That is bankonyourself.com matters. Yesterday, the White House released a statement on their dedication to an increased use of COVID-19 digital identification, uh, of course, echoing the, the declarations of many other G20 leaders. Under the 23rd section of the statement, the White House says, we acknowledge the importance of shared technical standards and verification methods under the framework of the IHR to facilitate seamless international travel, interoperability, and recognizing digital solutions and non-digital solutions, including proof of vaccinations. We support continued international dialogue and collaboration on the establishment of trusted global digital health networks as part of the efforts to strengthen prevention and response to future pandemics that should capitalize and build on the success of the existing standards and digital COVID-19 certificates. Um, again, just recently, the, uh, the Business 20 Summit called on the G20 to adopt a global framework to track the vaccination status of individuals via some sort of a digital framework. Um, I want to just kind of throw in here while we're talking about like crazy conspiracy because like someone might look at that and be like wow that sounds a lot like uh you know uh i don't want to get flagged so i'm thinking of how to say this um, <laughs> um i'm coming up short a conspiracy here. It's, it sounds it's like just, a conspiracy. it's all a conspiracy mm -hmm. it's not like mm -hmm. that we're like all of these world leaders are working together to create just one <clears throat> one governmental entity Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't want to say that, but right. I would also point out that YouTube recently flagged a video of the uh, 20, 
2022 World Government Summit mm-hmm. that they actually put out that was called, <laughs> that, so I can't get flagged for this, I'm reading something that it was called, Are We Ready for a New World Order? <laughs> From the people, the World Government Amazing. Summit, they put out the video and YouTube flagged it as a conspiracy theory. So good. Yeah. So, so impressive. And of course, the flag says the New World Order is a conspiracy theory, which hypothesizes a secretly emerging totalitarian world government. <laughs> and as they're posting videos that prove the theory, mm-hmm. those videos are being flagged. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like sort of like, it's, a, it's almost a libs of TikTok thing. Except, yes. yeah. except it's, a, yeah. it's just like the video that the original transgender person posted. It's like, you know, right. like, and it's, it, Libs of TikTok didn't even post it. They just flagged the original post. Right. Um, it, it really is obviously ridiculous. And this stuff is, 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 it's scary in that, like, it can, you know it can grow out of control, right? We, of course, as a sovereign nation, have the right to tell anyone we want to not come in for any number of reasons. We, we of course, have the right to do that. Um, if we want to stop people from traveling here because uh, we don't like their hair color, we completely mm-hmm. have the right to do that because mm-hmm. we are a sovereign nation that makes up our own rules. And, and unless you're a Democrat uh, who thinks the border should be open, we all, I think, are on the same page on that. But when you're starting to work on these global organizations and sharing technology and information, everybody knows how this is gonna end up in a bad way. Like, this is Mm -hmm. not going to work. They're going to screw this up. They're going to give all of your personal bank account information to like President Xi in China somehow. Something bad is going to happen. And like, they they can make it seem like, oh, it's no big deal. We're just trying to make travel easier. Mm. But who buys that at this point? Mm-hmm. Pat? Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, travel's not that hard right now. It's no. just, yeah. it's really not. There's no reason for this. And it's fascinating to, you know, see the governmental um, organization mm-hmm. that they are trying to put together. And then to watch uh, the WEF's uh, Klaus Schwab mm-hmm. And the way he acts and interacts with the world leaders, it's pretty clear he's got more say-so and more clout than he should. Right. Because who the hell are you? Right. Head of the World Economic Forum? So what? (laughs) Beat it. But he uh, pretty much seemed to rule the roost Mm -hmm. at G20. Well, when we're talking about the... uh any conspiracy theory of like an amazing redo or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. along those lines. Um, you know, it's just, it's so fascinating to watch them constantly run cover for this because I mean, I, I, I've done it many times, but like I literally just went in here and I went to Google and I typed in like, if you were going to come up with a synonym for amazing <laughs> redo or like amazing mm-hmm. do over um, W E F type it into Google, and it literally takes you to the World Economic Forum's page that reads that phrase right there. (laughs) (laughs) Is that amazing? It's amazing. There is an urgent need for global stakeholders to cooperate in simultaneously managing Mm. the direct consequences, of course, of the COVID-19 crisis. To improve the state of the world, the World Economic Forum is starting, you know what, I'm just going to say it, the Great Reset Initiative. It's right here on like literally online, you can go, go to the mm-hmm. website. It's, it has it all laid out, how you're going to do it, how they're going to do it, what they want to do. And it's a conspiracy theory, according to YouTube. It's wow, fascinating. Yeah. I, I keep making fun of Glenn because he named his book, the thing you're not allowed to say. <laughs> like, how do you promote your book? 
<laughs> if you can't say the phrase. But that is the title of the book, The Great Reset, uh-huh. and then it is on their page as well. That's why it's not some conspiracy theory like they are bragging about, it and they think it's great. And like, look, we disagree with what their definition of great is, right? Yeah. Um, but they think it's awesome. They mm-hmm. think it's a fantastic idea. They think, mm-hmm. hey, we have a chance here with all of this stuff going on and people are desperate and, and are willing to give up all of their freedoms because, you know, a, a virus is going around. Uh, so they think they can use that as an opportunity to grab control of all sorts of levers and move them in the way the directions they want to. Uh, that is, uh, that's not that's not conspiracy theory. No, it's just what's actually what's going happening. on. <laughs> Literally yeah. what's happening. And, and they don't care that we know now. No. And they're just saying it. Yeah. They're just pl- plain saying it. Gaslighting. Mm-hmm. More gaslighting. Right. Yeah. Because they don't they don't believe they can be stopped now. Where they're too far along, they can't be stopped. And so why not just say it? And they do. Do you agree with them that they're too far along to be stopped? No. Okay, good. No, I don't. Okay, good. All right, let's end. The, let's end the segment on a, on a sort of. Is that a high note? I, I feel like that, that's yeah, optimism. So we're going to end yeah. it there. We'll be right back. I'm sure we'll give him more pessimism in the next. Oh, he's going to yeah. totally yeah. reverse yeah. himself. <laughs> Plus, I was absolutely lying right there. <laughs> Earlier today, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee claimed there is a direct correlation between slave reparations and, yes, COVID-19. Much. <laughs> Stands on the basis of facts. There is no doubt that we have been impacted, that DNA in the, trans, uh, the trajectory of slavery to today. For example, at COVID, uh, mm-hmm. black African-Americans got COVID at a rate nearly one and a half times higher than that of white people, or hospitalized <laughs> at a rate nearly four times higher and three times likely to die. COVID hit us very desperately. Interestingly, a recent peer-reviewed study from Harvard Medical School, Harvard Medical School, suggests that reparations for African-Americans could have cut COVID-19 transmission and infection rates both among blacks and the population at large. What? Mm. Reparations are curative. They're not punishment. Mm. Mm. So much brilliance in that mm. giant head of hers, man. Wow. Because oh. it, it couldn't have been any other factors like obesity, comorbidities, anything mm-hmm. like that, that you maybe should be looking at um, mm-hmm. when you're talking about the rate in which blacks were hospitalized or died or anything like that with COVID. Yeah. And by the way, her information is outdated. That was the case early on in the mm-hmm. pandemic, but it actually reversed itself um, in about mid-2021. And Well, that's because the pandemic started out to be racist <laughs> and yeah. throw itself directly at African-Americans. <laughs> desperately, and then, yeah, I heard. Desperately. And then it, it, it stopped doing that. Well, that's on. good. Yeah, that's good. That, cause yeah. That, that's racist. Uh, that, it of is. That virus. It is. But I mean, like, I don't. She just missed. There was a giant report. I think it was in the New York Times recently saying that's exactly what happened. It mm. reversed itself, and now white people are dying at a higher rate than black people, and happened so for over raci- a year. It is wow. still racist. Uh, yeah, that's it true. Is, yeah. It should now be killing just... at the exact same rate <laughs> for everybody. 1.87. It's got to be 1.87 mm. on the other side. If it's 1.86, yeah. it's racism. That's how dumb our debates are these days. And 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 when mm. you talk about dumb, you talk about Sheila Jackson Lee. She is. I mean, if you're, you've got a top five dumbest people in Congress. You got, uh, you got Eric mm-hmm. Swalwell. Mm-hmm. You got, uh, you got on the Senate side, Maisie Hirono. It's got to mm-hmm. be in there. Who's the guy? Um, the, Hank the, Johnson. Hank Johnson, the, the Guam flipping Cap guy. Size. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cap size. You got Sheila Jackson Lee in there. Yep. AOC, Maxine Waters. AOC. Maxine Waters would be in there. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a good collection of dolts out there in the in Congress, but Sheila Jackson Lee is, is special among them. Uh, just a 
you know, just to demonstrate how dumb she is, mm -hmm. she walked into NASA, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, and she was there with a bunch of constituents and some other VIPs, and she asked the NASA director at the time at the Johnson Space Center if the flag was, if the U.S. flag was still flying on Mars. <laughs> and yeah. so, oh, is it? Or do we know? Were they able to answer that? It's no longer flying on Mars. No. Yeah, I was really disappointed to hear it too. Wow, that's apparently a, a big wind blew it oh, off the planet. Oh no! Yeah, they don't have the gravity that we do, so they couldn't keep it there, and it oh, blew no. right off the planet. So, <laughs> I want to get to really quickly uh, another stupid story. San Francisco is offering a monthly stimulus program uh, exclusively for transgender residents. This is called the Guaranteed Income for Trans People. Uh, program and it's led by the transgender district, a neighborhood for the city of a neighborhood of the city for transgender people. It's going to give 55 transgender residents $1,200 a month for up to 18 months, and um, it is, of course, it's going to prioritize enrollment of transgender, non-binary, gender non-conforming, and intersex people who are also black, indigenous, or a person of color. Because so, you want to so make sure you So if you're white you and you have all this stuff, you're, you're If you're a white transgender, mm -hmm. you get moved to the, the back mm -hmm. of the line. You're going to the back of the bus. Oh, okay. that's sad. Yeah, that you don't sad. get free money. I'm going to do this on Students of America tonight because I just love this story. It's so stupid. And I love the list of 97 genders. And <laughs> the, the best part is there's not 97 boxes, there's 98 boxes. The 98th box is not listed. Just in case <laughs> you have a different that, gender okay. not in the group of 97. It'll fit genders. into any of the 97. <laughs> but I, I, you know, and I was, I, I need to, wow. next time I see Alex Stein, I'm going to beg him to go down to San Francisco and apply for this grant. Uh, and because to. I think you just pick like two of the 97, you don't know what they mean, and yeah. just say, I went from that one to that one. And what are they going to do? Tell you mm -hmm. no? If, if, if this point. is really what they're doing, uh, you know, you get 1200 bucks a, a month for, what was it, 18 months? Mm -hmm. It's pretty sweet. And I don't see how they can tell you no. Like, <laughs> they're so weird with their terminology. Just say, I don't know, from G to Sha. It's like, uh, well, I don't, how would you go? I don't know what either of the words mean. Maybe I, this has happened to me. I don't even know. <laughs> like, in all seriousness, maybe we're all transgendered and we're bouncing around weekly to different titles that we don't even understand. Yeah. Uh, I think we should all get free money here. Also, I don't know, understand how this is constitutional. Like, I, you, how, no. how can you pick one group of people and just hand them money from the government and say, well, it's the it's, you know, sexual orientation or color of skin or, or you know, really. Like, I thought this was all supposed to be the way we didn't do things. Now, this is the only way we do them. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a good idea. Pat, Plus, right. I just love the term BIPOC so much. <laughs> just, I love it. It's good. The black indigenous people, people of, of color. color. So that covers, so that just, whitey, we want nothing to do with you. Right. But all of these people are wonderful, and we're going to give them special benefits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not racist that. at all. No. No, not, not at all. Just making decisions based on race. That's right. all. That's all. That's not <laughs> What's racist. What's racist about well, that? No. <laughs> we got to take a break. We'll be back. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a world. Well, uh, trans people just breaking barriers everywhere. I'd like to play for you. Brazilian deaf mute trans woman uh, <laughs> singing Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. Watch. Brazilian deaf mute trans woman sings Whitney Houston. I will always love you. <laughs> How brave. That is so courageous. Oh my gosh. 
That is so brave. How wonderful. That is beautiful. Oh my gosh. I've never heard anything this lovely in my life. This is so mean. <laughs> I mean, come on. I know. <laughs> is that a dying whale? <laughs> He's crying. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Seriously, do he we won. have to do that? Because it's a deaf mute trans person. Come on now. Come on. It's a lot of stuff piled up on top of cow? each other to deal with. Uh, yeah, that say. is a lot. It's a, it's it's a, a lot. It's a lot of work in life yeah. to go through that one that way. Yep. I mean, come on. You if you're mute, I didn't think you could make any noise, even though. Can you do that? If you're mute? It just just the mutes and the whales. I, mean, no. I didn't realize you have such a beautiful and maybe, singing voice. <laughs> maybe yeah, cows dying. I'm sorry, I just heard Pat's voice. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.